And you already said like Americans are soft. Yeah. And Americans right. are soft. I, I didn't so, mean to insult. No, no, yeah, it's like, I don't know. No, no, no. Soft, no. You, were, you, you told the yeah. truth. <laughs> yeah. Like who could imagine putting babies in the oven? Yeah. Raping it's girls crazy. and burning their bodies. Yeah. It, Your brain can't. Exactly. If yeah. you want to fight, go into a fucking military base. Okay. It's a, it's a war. Okay. I get it. Mm. But why you shoot dogs? Yeah, you right. shoot babies. This yeah. is how terrorists work. This is how terrorists. And we need work. to fucking erase them off the map. Mm -hmm. It could have been me. They broke into homes, like civilian homes. Yeah. They they kidnap people from their bed. Yeah. It could have been me. Yeah. There are like twenty years old girls there that yeah. are being raped. Yeah, They're I pregnant right um, now. I feel like you guys are very feminine, like very. But like what I like is that girls are very tactical and very capable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Which I like to show my like, femininity in such a masculine world. I like it. Yeah, but like also be powerful. It's nice. You can be everything. It's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, my wife, she has Boom, just like that, George just took over. Was like, yeah. we're starting this fucking shit right <laughs> now. Go. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's hurting yeah. He's like, no more chit-chat, fuckers. Yeah, we, Let's top it up like, on camera. We're losing money right now, man. Time is money. Let's it go. It was good conversation, so I started 100%. recording early. There's always a podcast before the yeah. podcast. Yeah, I, I right? I never like to talk to guys. I'm like, stop, I know. stop. We're just going to be quiet until we get on the thing. Sadly, all my best podcasts were off camera. <laughs> 100%. I'll ask a guy for a testimony. And yeah. Like, yeah, it was great. It was cool. We we stopped the recording, yeah. and then he's like, "Yeah, man, but I really just got to tell you." <laughs> I'm like, "Keep rolling, bro. Keep rolling." Yeah, That's man. hilarious. Oh, uh, if you're listening and not watching, you probably recognize the voice. He's back. Byron yeah. Rogers is back. Boom! It's an honor to be back, man. Much love and respect. Right back Thank at you. you. And this time, you brought special guest with you. Let's yeah. go. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Which Orin Julie? Yes, this is right. You said it correctly. I said it correctly. Very good. Yes. Very good. Yeah. He's a pro. All the way from Israel. I like that. Is that where you live now? Yeah. Wow. And you, uh, right before we started rolling, and when we were doing the podcast before the podcast, <laughs> yes. you said people say you're too bossy. Yeah, all the time. Americans can be sometimes very soft. I love you guys. Yes, get them. can be some, we're very soft, and I have like my Israeli accent, right. and I give commands. To yeah. people and <laughs> i forget that they are not my soldiers yeah. <laughs> and people that, oh my god or you are so bossy right sorry <laughs> yeah but the, like the paradox was amazing we're getting ready to roll and then all of a sudden she's like stop i need my lipstick <laughs> i'm like right. yo it's going down yeah. right now stop everybody hit the floor right yeah which was right. not what i thought she was going to say yeah, yeah, yeah. we were stopping like you yeah. know his lipstick this was, is very yeah. important guys yeah, I yeah. It. we Let's see go. it's working thank it's you. good call thank yeah. you so much it's good that's how funny. often do you get out to vegas um every year to for Shacho, Shacho. yeah and, and i come it. to the united states like a few times a year i work with gun companies so and i love america yeah you do absolutely would you ever move here Oh, this is a sad story. I wanted to move here and I wanted to live here for the rest of my life. And I really think that I'm better for Israel when I'm in America. Oh. But um, yeah, but then I met my beautiful husband and he was like, ah, no, we are staying in Israel. Oh, yeah. So I'm staying in Israel. But Even I though love you're bossy, you Even can't though, make yeah, this happen? No, no. My man is more bossy than I am. And really? it's important. He's way more muscular than I am. And it's good. Good. Yeah, he makes me, makes me woman. And is, I like it. Is he in the military also? Absolutely not. He served in a desk role job. I was the the combat soldier in in the home. Yeah, and it's wow. funny. Really? So, yeah. In, during October 7th, I was called to reserve duty. And he stayed home. And it's funny because it's like... 
Yeah, reversed. it's backwards. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> How, question for you. Yeah, go. How do they, I've heard it explained to me before, but I want to get into it again. How do they determine your military occupational skill, like S, your MOS? So guys go to the infantry or they go to whatever department. I know everyone in the Israeli Defense Force is special forces. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> All my it's buddies so is funny. special unit, everything. <laughs> but like, you know, like how did you get selected for whatever you do? So you have like that? a medical profile. Yeah. I think 97 is the, the highest you can get. Yeah. I was 82 because mm -hmm. I had inactive asthma. Um, and from 64, you can go to combat role. Mm -hmm. And there is like... Um, regular combat role, let's say it, and infantry and stuff, and you have like special forces that not everybody is special forces. Don't believe right. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but you go through like tests and very, it's it's very hard tests. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I heard. It was like based on your scores after being tested, you uh, you you can be select or you can choose different jobs. Yeah. So. You you can ask. It that yeah. doesn't mean that you will get it, but you can ask. It's still the military. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. And now everyone in Israel has to go in for how long? Um, in my time, it was two years for girls, for girls, and three years for boys. I did three years because I was a combat soldier. It's combat soldier. Sorry, my English. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> um, now I think it's like two years and a half for everyone. I'm I'm not sure. I'm old. <laughs> but you stayed in past the three years? I, I say three years and two months. Okay. Yeah. It was enough for me. Do you think yeah. everyone here should do that? Absolutely. Uh, you do? Yes. We may have yeah, opposing I views, agree. but we need no, it. No, no, I agree. I got to tell you that I feel that Israelis are very, like, mature yeah. and, you know, they got the shit together very fast because of yeah. the military. We're going through, like, hard things and yeah. sometimes it fucks us and sometimes it, like, builds us. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you already said, like, Americans are soft. Yeah. And Americans right. are soft. I, I didn't so, mean to insult. No, no, no. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. No, no, no. Soft, they you, were, get yeah. you, you told the yeah. truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all the soft Americans are the ones that are getting offended right now. So, yeah. Like, you know, so <laughs> I, yeah, I said it to yeah. someone. He, he was really offended. I was like, I didn't mean to hurt you. But yeah, yeah. It proves but, me the truth. Yeah, so. that's him, you know. And so, like... Um, the guys I served with, like we grew up in light years. They say one year in the Marine Corps is the equivalent of four years of development in the civilian world. Oh, wow. I was 18. I got out at 21. I was on protection details. I was in charge of like millions of dollars of equipment, people's lives, like the Rambo movie, right? Um, but when I got out, I was so much more mature still, you know, yeah. I'm looking at 30 some year old dudes at the bar and I'm like, what in the heck are you doing, bro? Right. Um, and, and I had skills and I had self-reliance and I had some discipline and I had all these things that would literally make our society better because the quality of society is dictated by the quality of its men. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I got to tell you that in Israel, everyone is PTSD. Like, I believe every yeah. human being is PTSD, yeah, but yeah. this is me. But in Israel, it's mm. very, very hard to see children that grow up with rockets behind, uh, above their head and yeah. sirens all the time. We hear sirens and we're like, yeah. oh, another one? Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. I think it's sad. No kids should grow up in such environment, and it's crazy yeah. that we need to fight for our life when all we want is just to live normal life. Yeah. We want yeah. to raise our beautiful children and, mm -hmm. you know, live our life. Yeah. And we have to leave everything and go to fight and lose our lives, and it's crazy. Yeah, it's literally like hitting the reset button on your life when you leave. Wow. Military. 100%. I, I just talked to you about it before. Yeah. I, I wanted to, like, start, you know, getting pregnant. Is it mm -hmm. how yeah, I said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my husband and I planned on, like started working on it yeah. and then boom October 7th and yep. we had to stop our life for like 
three months and you know even now yeah. it's fucking crazy we still have 136 people in captivity yeah. including one-year-old baby four-year-old baby so women crazy. that are being raped and they're pregnant in Hamas captivity and where are all the movements where is me too movement where is Angelina Jolie that speak up <laughs> for for I guess against rape yeah. my sisters are being raped in in prison yeah. basically and I I've I feel like it, it's crazy. Yeah. Sorry for that. Mm -hmm. It's a weird soundtrack no for that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> the videos, some of the videos I've seen, I haven't seen them lately, yeah. but there was a period a few months ago on Instagram mm -hmm. of seeing these videos. It's just awful. Yeah. Um, can, can you guys, exp I don't really keep up with everything, and yeah. I don't really, to be honest, I don't understand. Yeah. Can you break down for... Simple people like me. What yeah. the hell's going on? What's going on? Can you explain it? Take oh the my ball god! First. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try to explain. First of all, um, you know they claim it's about a land, right? They say it's our land. You came and you took it. There is no historical evidence that this is theirs, right? Before, like the name Palestine was named by uh, our enemies that wanted like to insult us and to name the land after our enemies, um, and. If it was about a land, we would already found a solution. But this is not about the land. It's about existence. They don't want Israel. They don't want the Jewish people. And they don't want America. And I'm sorry to disappoint a few um, yeah. listeners here. Because no. once they're done with us, they're coming here. And this is why you better keep your fucking Second Amendment no. very strong. Because... Excuse me, they're already here. That's what I was okay? going to say. That was like, I was they're like, no, they're not coming here. here. They're already here. There's yeah. been over 10 million like known immigrants that have just come through that border. Mm -hmm. So they're already here. Like I would expect something before the election. Uh, yeah. Really? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You yeah. better be ready and prepared yeah. with a lot of ammunition, am yeah. ammunition and guns because my people stood naked. Mm. Just imagine... On October 7th, yeah. a husband watching his wife being raped, his kids being tortured, and, and he couldn't do nothing. Yeah, it's terrible. It's fucking crazy for yeah. me that Israel has like really strict laws on obtaining a firearm, yeah. and, and no one can barely get a firearm, and even if you got one, it's pistol yeah. with 50 bullets. Yeah. This is madness. We yeah. are surrounded by enemies. They're within us. They're within, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting uh, in Israel for years to change it, but it's really hard. Yeah. So. What's going on in Israel? Uh, Netanyahu was arrogant for years and believed that Hamas is just a small militia that won't be able to do anything. And he just ignored them while they were growing and getting a lot of money. And all the money that the world donates to Gaza and Palestine yeah. is going to the terror groups that are there. Mm -hmm. um, and I just believe that we, the Jewish people, are great people. I love the Jewish people, mm -hmm. but we can be arrogant. But we can think that we have the best army in the world and we have uh, we are protected and we just forget that we need to be united because we saw the true face of the world on October 7th. Mm. The Hamas terrorists took the videos of mm. them raping women, killing and torturing people and soldiers and still the world denied it. Mm. And still the world said, oh, they didn't do it. They took the video themselves. Like mm. if there is social media during Holocaust, this, this is how it would look. This is fucking crazy. Mm. Um, and yeah, and so, uh, since October 7th, we woke up to like a whole different world. Yeah. And yeah. Has it, has it unified you guys over there? Absolutely. In, in a minute. Trauma. In a minute. Yeah. yeah. Be before uh, October 7th, I think one of the 
worst thing that happened was that we were really divided. There was like protest against anything basically and we were really divided and this is one of the things that make me think that we were arrogant, that we have the privilege to be divided. We we are not. We we cannot do it. We cannot trust the government. We cannot trust anyone, just the people. And we saw on October 7th that everyone just united got united like mm. weekly yeah. and everyone it doesn't matter what's your opinion left right we did everything together and we fought together yeah and uh, i wish there were like you know we would be united without these things yeah trauma does that that's yep. why trauma is not always such a bad thing yeah. you know it, it helps everyone just put differences aside to solve a high quality problem and it sounds a lot like america right now to be completely honest with you mm-hmm. what do you mean uh, we're all divided. Sex, medical preferences, who you're voting for. There's so Everything. many ways. So, like, if you start, if you think of things from a tactical standpoint and you're trying to destroy a nation, you inject people that have no allegiance to that nation that are there just to take advantage of that nation. Not saying all of the immigrants are. Like, there's some awesome people. I love a lot of those amazing people. And some of them are better Amer- would be better Americans than some of us who have raised, were raised here. But um, you inject people who have who maybe or probably are opportunists. We know we have um, people on our known terrorist watch list that have infiltrated our country. Um, You divide the nation um, on all these little trivial things so that people don't have an allegiance. No one's an American first anymore. There's a whole generation that's not an American first. And then you add trauma. Now what the trauma generally would do is it would cause people to come together. But when people have, don't have that value system, Mm All you have to do is strike the system that they depend on, shut the lights off, internet attack, um, uh, a coordinated terrorist attack. These things are gonna inject fear. And these people that have been fighting each other, there's a higher chance that they won't come together um, and that all of the opportunists in the area will be able to really continue cop. It'll make the catastrophe worse. It's like accelerant, you know, to the kind of the social structures that you know, you shut the lights off uh, 50 years ago or you drop a bomb or you do something horrible to America 50 years ago, you'll see a stronger America. People will be giving yeah. each other eggs. People would be yeah. helping each other survive. Even September 11th. Yeah, even September 11th. We saw 11th. it. Yeah. People yeah, had so. people flags on their cars yeah. and people, it was, it was, obviously it was a fucked up time. Right. But it was kind of cool seeing how everyone America. in traffic, if they cut you off, you were just oh, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's but, got a flag. It's all right. He's in a hurry. It's good. Yeah, he's yeah. one of our guys. Get there. Like, <laughs> yeah. But now, no, we don't have that. You right. Know? And, and the values and people. Yeah, we don't this have is, all that. That's so you'll be better be prepared because yeah. when, when it comes to like a peak, yeah. something must happen. It's, yeah. it's a universe, a, a law of the universe. You yeah. have to be united or, or <laughs> things do, will come. You'll yeah. fall. A few exactly. months ago, um, a lot of the casinos, all the MGM properties had that cyber attack yep. and some of the Venetian. <laughs> do you, th- is that a possible testing of it, a bigger plan, you think? It's so probable that it is because also... Because it other... crippled the casinos. Yeah. They couldn't it... check people into hotels. Yeah. Can you imagine? They lost so much money. Yeah. And and the reality is like Homeland Security, World Economic Forum, all these, diff- a few different agencies and organizations, they're already doing test runs for this. They're already practicing for this. I posted a video where a Homeland Security guy was like, hey guys, just... <laughs> A thought we're doing training for black for um, an EMP attack we're also doing training for a cyber attack we're doing mm-hmm. training for these massive attacks um, so just if there ever was a time to get prepared like maybe it's now you know these guys were doing attacks for um, for COVID and all that stuff before it happens as well so they're kind of mm-hmm. like prophets 
you know. So, yeah, I mean, in the private security community, we know it's an election cycle. So we're a super, we expect two to three and a half black swans before we get to, to the election, if we're even going to have an election. Ooh. That's what's in the air. Everyone's just Wait, you like, think we might not have an election? There's a problem. I mean, I feel like, I feel like what we saw in the last election, mm -hmm. and I feel like what we've seen, the lawlessness, the yeah. laptops that's come out that no one has done anything about, right. the people connected to other countries that has been proven that no one's done anything about, the election itself, you know, the 50-some suicides around certain, pol I mean, friends wow. that have committed suicide around certain politicians that no one's done anything about. Mm -hmm. We've seen so much lack of accountability that we, I think, and a lot of guys in the private security industry are saying like, these guys are down to do anything they can do to, to maintain power. And what scares me is it seems like you can't just come on TV and say, hey, take a shot, do what we are telling you to do, because I feel like big government and big pharma and different organizations have lost the power of narrative mm -hmm. when it comes to the general public. Everyone's like, nah, bro, mm -hmm. like, you know. So the next most tactical thing is trauma. It's like my buddy Costi got arrested, so I love you, bro. He, you know, he, he talked to us about one of the tactics that you know some of them used to use in Russia. And it's like, you know, I have a, I have a, a car mirror business. I sell car mirrors, you know. So you know, they show up to your house and they're like, hey man, you need a new mirror for your car. And then you know, you're like, no, I don't. How do you even make money? And then you come out the next morning and the mirrors are missing off your car. <laughs> and he's like, hey, bro, you need like mirror for your car, you know? And you're like, okay, yeah. You know, next time he shows up, he doesn't even have to break the mirror. He's like, you know, I think you need a new mirror. You're right. like, yeah, dude, what do you want? You know, Hegelian dialectic 101. And so that's what the private security community is bracing for impact. And that's a lot of what I'm training people to try to deal with. Hmm. What's your perception of America or like not just yeah. yours, but like, back in Israel, like when I look at Instagram, I know it's like silly, but like, I don't know if you've seen like all these videos of like people going, just going into a store, taking merchandise, taking what they want, groups of people, 30, 40 people go into a Walmart or a Target or a clothing store and literally just take what they want and just walk out with yeah. no problem. Like, do you guys see those videos yeah. of that happening? Like, do you guys laugh at us? Or like we, we don't laugh at you. I think that uh, a lot of Israelis, th the mentality is very different. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that people don't understand the idea of the Second Amendment. Because mm. when I try to promote gun rights in Israel, people think I'm crazy before October 7th, of course. Of course. Uh, they say, they say we, we don't want firearms in the streets. Right. Now, the thing is that, just think about it. We are getting 18 and then we are going to the military and we get an AR-15. We are going anywhere with it, with three magazines, right. full automatic. Like everywhere. They're and everywhere. Exactly, right. everywhere for three years. And there was never a mass shooting in Israel. And I, I tried to explain to Israelis, we are very different for American people because mm. we go through... Uh, trainings in the military and we are more excuse me sorry yeah, again sorry yeah. we are more you're like fine, mature you're okay and, and your english is fine i hate to break it to you yeah <laughs> thank you um and we're like more mature and we understand like um the importance of firearms and we are fucking surrounded by enemies yeah. guys like wake up and they can pop and up anywhere anytime exactly anyplace. and and the th crazy thing is that before october 7th there were like 100,000 people that could have one pistol with 50 bullets. And they were like almost half of the people that stop a terrorist during like terror attack. Like, mm. you know, you cannot p put police or military everywhere. Anyway. So armed yeah. citizens are the solution.
Mm-hmm. And um, every time I go on the news and I'm talking about it, I'm trying to promote it, they say, oh, you want us to be like America, like too many firearms. Yeah. And, and I try to explain to them, it's not about the firearms in America. It's about mental health. Yeah, 100%. Because do, sp- do you talk about the times that uh, a gun stopped a terror attack? Right. Like, or any other uh, attack it's, it's crazy yeah. and people don't talk about it they talk only on the on the things like mass shooting and stuff like this and of course it will happen of course mm-hmm. but i want to be able to protect myself yeah. so israelis look at the americans like no this is too too much freedom this is unacceptable to have mm-hmm. firearms and you know now they're all like oh my god orin how can i get a pistol how can yeah, i get yeah. a pistol oh. I heard good morning. The, yeah, mm-hmm. good morning. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Yeah. Right. I heard a horrible yeah. story from my buddy Victor Marks. He mentioned uh, he was down there uh, operating after the tragedy took place. And he said he went into a house of one of the kibbutzes that was attacked. And uh, he could see that the, the guy in the house was like a gun box was open and there was like rounds and stuff. Like you could tell he was like trying to get his firearm. Yeah. You know, and like he got it. And you could see like round shell casings. I guess they went into their hard room that's in the house. Yeah. And you could see like the shell casings in a pile, and then you could see the 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 firearm um, that it had ran out of ammo and it was still laying on the floor cocked, and there was just blood all it's, over it's the crazy. place. It's crazy. You cannot uh, you cannot stop like AKs a f- and exactly AK with and, thousands of ammunition yeah. and. How can you stop it with a pistol and yeah. 50 bullets? Right. And yeah. we are not that trained. Yeah. Israelis probably think that they are very trained because we was in the military. Yeah. They are not trained yeah. at mm-hmm. all. There is no gun culture in Israel, almost. Mm. And this is, this is scary. It's a problem. My husband and I, I have like six, so, yeah, six firearms in my home mm. because I'm a sportive shooter. Mm. We were ready. Yeah. Right. We thought uh, they're coming to Rishon Etzion. We were fucking ready. We were with the firearms outside, yeah. and we filled the magazines, and we were fucking ready because yeah. it was really, really scary. Yeah. That day, we woke up, 6.30 in the morning. We heard the sirens. He woke me up, and I was like, sirens? Out of nowhere? No way. Something is happening. Yeah. Then we started getting all these videos from Zderot and Fokim, from the Nova Pe- Festival, and I was like, I am scared mm-hmm. to really? death. Yeah. yeah, I mean the whole place is the size I of New Jersey. My, yeah. It's like if there's a problem, it could be down the street. It, like, it, it could was be like I was thirty. Ask you how far is that from where thirty you are? minutes? Thirty, 30 minutes, minutes away nothing. from me. It's it's yeah, right. nothing. That's and like at the strip right now. Right. There's a war going right. on. Right. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I, it was the first time I was actually that scared. I I called my commander and I said, "Are we going to fight?" And he was like, "Wait for a command." And I was waiting at home and I was with my uniform ready to go out. And in the meantime, I did. A video explaining to the world what's going on in Israel and got like five million views like mm-hmm. a day. It was crazy because mm-hmm. because this is something we've never seen before. And then mm-hmm. they called my unit to the north and we was we were in close to Lebanon. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, and I mean I don't know like that brings up thoughts for me of like this is the problem with America. Going back to the soft comment is. So right now, like, what can you do? Like, you can buy a rifle, you can get right. ammunition, you can have magazine loading parties at your house. That's what I do sometimes. I sit down with my wife. I'm like, tonight we're gonna load magazines while we watch while we watch Netflix. It's romantic. Like, I love it. Oh yeah, let's it's go. So we're just sitting there, and you know. But then there's like layers to that. Like, get with your neighborhood, you know. And this is yeah. the problem. Half your neighbors will look at you like you're crazy. A couple of them will be like, let's go, you know. And you're like, hey, like if something does happen, like. You know, this is how we can protect our neighborhood. Like, there's a gated community. We could set vehicles up there. We could start a neighborhood watch. Someone's on security for yeah. the night. We take, you know, but like, 
this takes some some stepping out and some forethought so that when it does happen, you're not the guy with the pistol trying to figure out how to work it in it's, your house. It's interesting you say that, Byron. Um, is George the net? There's a Netflix show right now, or maybe all of you know. Um, is it called The Last of Us? Is that the? Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Leave uh, the world behind. Yeah. Or is it that? Yeah. Sorry. Leave the world behind. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I watched it. So I watched that, and I won't say my buddy's name, but my buddy sent me a message like, "Hey, you should watch this," you know. Yeah. And I watched it. It was a little cheesy, like, yeah. uh, whatever. I get it. And so I made a remark to him. We're both friends with Dana White. Yeah. And so, do you know who Dana White is? No. So he's the president of the the UFC. Oh, okay. Uh, um. So, uh, you know, Dana's got like lives on a compound, and he's got like Let's armed go. guards, whatever. So I made a joke. Uh, Dana lives maybe twenty five minutes from me. Yeah. So I made a joke, and I go, "Bro, the shit hits the fan. I'm going straight to Dana's, Dana's house." house. <laughs> he said, "There won't be time for that." Yeah. Exactly. He's former uh, intelligence, whatever, yeah. in Canada. He says, "Uh, there won't be time for that." We live close to each other, me and you. We really should talk about a contingency plan. Yep. And like, I know he's right, but it's like, as a civilian, yeah, it's such an overwhelming thought. Like, mm -hmm. I, and I know you guys are all right. Yeah. But it's hard for us to process. Yeah. Of yeah, course, 100%. it was right? really hard for the people in Kfar Aza, Kibbutz Beri, Reim, Ofakim, to process this this thing. No, nobody thought about it. Right. Just think about it. There was a festival. Almost on the border with Gaza. Who thought about it? Yeah. We walk up to another uh, another wall. It was crazy. Nobody could ever think of something like this. I, I remember driving in the car a few months ago, and I was like, "Why? Well, what will unite us?" Like, did I do I say it correctly? What yeah, yeah. perfect. Okay. Because because we were so divided, and I knew that when people are divided, something will happen. Mm -hmm. One hundred percent. It's not a question. Yeah. It's a matter of time. It's and I asked, and exactly, and I asked myself, what will div uh, unite us again? Maybe Messiah will come all of a sudden, and yeah. we'll be okay. Yeah. I could never imagine something like this. Mm -hmm. No one could. Like, who could imagine putting babies in the oven, yeah. raping it's girls, crazy. and burning their bodies? Yeah, if, your brain can't. Exactly. If yeah. you want to fight. Go into a fucking military base. Okay, it's a, it's a war. Okay, I get it. Mm. But why? You shoot dogs? Yeah. You right. shoot babies? This yeah. is how terrorists work. This is how terrorists work. And we need work. to fucking erase them off the map. Yeah. And Netanyahu is the Muppet of Biden. He doesn't do it. This is crazy. We feel like he sold us. Yeah. This is the, the feeling in Israel. We feel like Netanyahu sold us. Yeah. That was a, a hard question I was wondering. Like, I don't know. I'll ask this. Out of, this isn't live. Is this live? No. Okay. You can ask. Okay. Like, you know, I know I've been to Israel like uh, 15, 16 times. I don't even remember, you know. So I was going there a lot. I've got a lot of really good friends there. Um, and I know that you guys have one of the probably top three intelligence agencies in the world. So yeah. you know where I'm going here. So I know, know where you're going. Yeah. A mouse goes near that, that, that border and like they know it, you know, like it's, right. it's pretty. And, you know, they're infiltrating these cells and all these things. And so one of the first things that came up in me was like, how did a thousand terrorists eating, pooping, practicing hang gliding lessons, <laughs> driving, you know, buying hang gliders and, you know, drive up to the fence with like a tractor, you know, uh, and then like cut their way in there. Like how did that all happen without anyone explain. knowing? I can explain. Okay. I can absolutely explain. Yeah. We have one of the best, uh, how did you call it? Intelligence, Intelligence agencies. Exactly and, this. Know. And we are amazing with yeah. everything that we yeah. do. And I hate conspiracy theories. Yeah. And I got to tell you, yeah. it's, because, it's because we were arrogant. Yeah. We knew that something is about to happen. And the soldiers, the small soldiers from like, you know, 
um, how do you like like the infantry, the basic uh, soldiers? Yeah, basic, the basic soldiers. Yeah, yeah. They reported that mm. something happened, oh. and all the commander was like, "We are in control. We yeah. are a strong enemy. Uh, enemy army. Yeah. And army, army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. military, <laughs> military. Uh, army, yeah. And we, we are a strong army, and everything's fine. And we yeah. are Jewish people. No one can do anything to us. And it's all because we were arrogant. Yeah." And and I am very mad about it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I don't think there is was there was someone who's like, let's get uh, so many people's killed. And yeah, I, yeah. I I don't believe it. Yeah. I I know the Jewish people. We are arrogant. We can be stupid sometimes, but we mm. will never do anything like this. Yeah. We we will not sacrifice our own people or yeah. other yeah. people for the people who think that we kill innocent people in yeah. Gaza. Yeah. I don't think that you. I I have I have so many close friends. I don't think you guys would either, but I don't trust governments. Oh, I hate governments. <laughs> yeah, I it. think that I think governments the are the pure like evil the in this world. Yeah. They send us to fight and die, and um, we never really know why. I watch, right. I watch, um, I watch propaganda, and I understand it because I spent time on the ground, and I, I remember seeing what I was doing, and I remember talking to Americans and hearing what they thought, and I, one of the things I wanted for sure, so I was talking with even some of my family members, and I'm like, you can't know the truth. You will never know the yeah. truth. You can watch all the TV you want. You can watch all the social media you want. You you will never get the truth of why we're over there fighting, yeah. who we're killing, uh, why any of this is happening. So, like, your opinion is you is like garbage. You know, if you want to do something, if you want to like be involved or whatever, be on the side of peace. We us mm -hmm. us like little people at the bottom who don't know the truth and go fight and die and get our bodies torn to pieces and kill ourselves afterwards. We are literally just puppets, and these guys are exactly. making billions and trillions of dollars off of telling us things and getting us to kill each other. And right. like. And, 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 and the other thing I'd say, if you want to have an impact, find an organization or an NGO that is doing something for us, the people, and try to protect people and help people who are just literally waking up in the morning yeah. and either getting slaughtered gruesomely or bombed. Like, send money over there for the people who are on your level, which is everyone else in the yeah. world who is stuck in the middle of this thing and being put against each other. Because I know when the dust settled, that was the one thing I realized at war was... When the dust settled and those boys were getting stacked up in the corner because they lost the fight and we're over here with a dip in trying to figure out how the heck we're going to get home afterwards. They're just dudes like me that happened to grow up in a different neighborhood. And my, my crew had more assets, you know? And so I just, it woke me up very quickly having some of the conversations I had with some of the people that we were like in, in, in Iraq with. And I, so for me, I think that the governments are the one, I hate the fact that we fight each other. Yeah, Absolutely. it's a it's a weird thing, you know. My yeah. my dad, obviously, I never served in the military, yeah. but my dad has has been uh, working with the military, supporting yeah. the military yeah. as an entertainer yeah. for his whole career, yeah, whole you know, from Bob Hope on down. Yeah. And um, you know, it's we met so many troops and veterans and World War. You know, my dad does a free show every year on Veterans yeah. Day. Uh, you know, thousands of people literally come to the show, and you know, I've met World War One vets. This is back in the '90s. Yeah. You know, when they were still alive. You know, World War Two vets, Vietnam vets, Korean War. You know, I've met them yeah. all. Um, and it's and I've had friends that serve, and yeah. people like you that I know, and it's so weird to me. Like, I know it's necessary, mm. obviously. Violence is a tool that's necessary. But at the same time, it's like it. It's almost crazy to me, and I mean this yeah. respectfully. Yeah. It's almost crazy to me that anyone signs up because of what you just said. Like, you are going somewhere. You're leaving this country to go fight people 
kill people and really not know why. Yeah, that Absolutely. dude. Other than it's someone wild. saying Insane. it has to be. Yeah, and that's what it's, it's, it's wild. weird, right? I'll, you know, I, I just I like to simplify it. The economy of the world yeah. is based on the sadness of the world. Yeah. yeah. Happy people, they don't uh, make money. <laughs> Yeah. You need to hedge yourself. Then you buy things, and then you buy medicines, yeah. and then you you uh, wars. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot it's of money. It's a consumer-driven world, and exactly. that's why your doctor is making you a client and not healing you. Yep. That's why the food that was freely given to you on the planet now you got to eat six carrots to get the the value you would have got out of one back before all the GMO stuff. Everything is designed for money, not mankind anymore. Yeah. And that is the massive sickness of this world. Yeah. Is there anything we can do about it? I really ask yeah. you because it is sad and we talk a lot, yeah. I talk a lot, a lot about it. Yeah. And I would like to, to think of a wild idea. Do we yeah. have a solution or anything to do? I think people... Be I creative. Think, yeah. Oh, I am. <laughs> I am. Yeah, no, I think people are waking up to the games. I think mm -hmm. in the health and wellness industry, people are starting to be like... No, I like I need to start trying to eat organic. Like these are little yeah. signs that people are waking up. For sure. Um, you know, like medical errors are top five um killers in the in I America. couldn't believe that when I yeah, heard that. That's real. Google it if you can maybe duck duck go it, but like yeah. top five one of the top five cause of death in America is medical errors. And yeah. so really? people yes. are starting to be shocking. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're starting to be like, Well, how can I be more natural and how yeah. can I start to like they're starting to not trust a lot of these big established organizations yep. that have caused us to stop f focusing on like humanity and focusing on the new thing. Yeah. And even on Instagram, one of the things, weird phenomenons I, I started to notice is like um, platforms that used to just like, like if you were a beautiful woman on Instagram, like you used to blow up like that. Right. Yeah. Yep. But now I'm watching, like sometimes I come across some pages where I'm, I understand algorithms. Like I can look at something and be like, okay, this person's going to be famous in like six months. They're going to have a hundred thousand, but that's like all stopping. So I think what's happening is people are starting to, yeah. realize where value is yeah. versus what we've been yeah. told. A hundred percent. That's what scares me because the reason that the way they get control of us again is to bring everyone back to their knees and make us dependent on them again. But I think it's happening. I think people are starting to snap out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a good example of what you're talking about. Um, do you know who Gary Brecka is? Yeah. Maybe, yeah, so yeah. so Gary blew Blowing up, right? Up. I mean, I don't let's say I mean, Who is it, sorry? <laughs> the guy that I've talked about on this Maybe podcast. I, you know, uh, <laughs> no, I'm uh, not so, saying I'm So Dana saying. White, the guy from the UFC, yeah. Um, I'm real good friends with him. I go to every UFC fight and I, I watch, I've said this a lot on the podcast, so I'm going to go quick. Um, I watched this guy lose like literally 50 pounds in, in less than a year, um, and get really healthy and lean and shredded. And I had him on the podcast and I said, how did you get in this shape? And he said that he started working with this guy, Gary Brecka. Gary is a human biologist who used to predict mortality yeah. for insurance, insurance companies company. so that if the president of Hertz Rent-A-Car wants a life insurance policy, they want to know how long this guy got to live. So Gary... And there's could, money on the table. And there's so money like, on the table. This guy wants a $30 million yeah. life insurance policy. They want to know how long is this guy going to be around. Yeah. So Gary can look at your blood... He's a biologist. So he can look at your blood work, your DNA, and five years of medical records. And he can pretty much figure out how long you got? Yeah. Obviously, you can get hit by a bus yeah, or course, whatever. Get course. it. Um, so he looked at Dana's records, and he calls Dana, and he says, actually, he flew here. He, the guy lives in Miami. He flew here, and he's like, Dana, if you don't change your eating habits, you have 10.4 years to live. <gasps> and so yeah. Dana got with this guy, and he got on a program and yeah. got on supplements and, and got healthy and changed, it, changed his diet. And now Dana White is in, like, the best shape of his life. He's one year older than me. I'll be 54, so I think he's going to be 55 maybe in June or July. Um, 
And uh, this guy's like shredded. I mean, looks amazing. Total transformation. I went on the same program. I lost 35 yeah. pounds. I watched wow. it. I didn't even yeah. know I had 35 pounds to lose. Like, yeah. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, but but yeah. proof back to what your point is. Yeah. Gary has blown up People, on social media because I think you're right. People now have yeah. shifted with the like they want to know. And, yeah. and like Dana said, uh, this will piss a lot of people off. Like Dana said, like. Your doctor's job is not to keep you healthy. He doesn't actually care. His yeah. job is to keep you, uh, save your life yeah. when, mm. when he needs to. But when it comes to getting healthy, yeah. he's like, I'm not listening to doctors. Yeah. I'm listening to people like Gary. Yeah, 100%. No, yeah. That, and that's the truth. And I mean, it goes deep. It goes all the way down to the way that they're educated and of the tools course. that they believe they have. And they right. really are good people in the medical industry. They're trying to help people. I they're doing like, it the way they know how to do it. Yeah. And they've been lied to. Yeah, and that's where they've that's been how lied deep to. It goes. Um, go ahead. Yeah. I, I just think that we should change the way we look at diseases and yeah. things that happens in our body because it's our body speak. Yeah. Speak right. Yeah, our, our body speaks. Yes. Sorry, it speaks. Yeah. <laughs> it, it speaks, and because I'll tell you what, I had papilloma. You know what is it? Mm. Uh, it's I, I don't know. I'm not sure I said in English. So yeah. s- never something mind. Something was I just going on. Healed something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just healed something by forgiving my abuser. Yeah. And just healing my trauma. Yeah. I yeah. healed the body because yeah. if you have like um, stress will mess you up. Absolutely, yeah. trauma. Yeah. Trauma will show up in the body. 100%. If you heal your it's gotta trauma, go somewhere. You, exactly. Yeah. I stopped taking uh, medicines and pills mm. and all this kind of stuff just because I understood that everything is within me yeah. and I have the power to change it. That. My body created it. Yeah. I created it. Yeah. I can change it. Yeah. And I, this is what I'm trying to promote in on my socials because I have a podcast in Hebrew. I swear I'm better in Hebrew. <laughs> and <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> Thank you. And I talk a lot about mental health and mm. like self-improvement and and. You can heal anything yeah. Yeah. by looking inside, but people don't want to look inside, so they use this external things. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the consumeristic society. You're not cool. You need to buy this. You, exactly. you need to smell like this. You need to do this, and you'll be cool. But the, the actual reality that even the medical industry has to deal with is the, the placebo effect. You know, like they have to, medical, medical, like drugs have to go through a phase where they beat the placebo effect. Um, I forget by what percentage, but this means that they can hand you a pill that is a chalk or a salt, like it's nothing in it, and your body will, if they tell you this heals cancer, take this, and there's a new cancer medicine, they do a study and they have they hand a certain test sample, the nothing pills, and they hand, <laughs> hand the, the, a certain test sample, the new medicine pills, and that new medicine can't go to market unless it beats the nothing pills. Crazy. Now, what I don't understand is why we don't study the heck out of this placebo effect and the reality mm-hmm. and the kryptonite that they don't want us to realize is, dude, the absolute amount of love and amazement that life is. You were given a body that literally heals itself. I can cut myself open right now, yeah. and I can just chill out and, and get make sure it gets the nutrients it needs, and my body will heal. Absolutely. Um, and then beyond that, going into what you're talking about, frequencies and emotions and what they do in your body and how you can cut cancer out and it can come back because yeah. maybe it has to do with the frequencies and emotions and things you're holding I believe we're a spirit, soul, and body, and a lot of it comes out of a lot of that. And mm-hmm. I don't think they want us to study that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. yeah. Byron, you didn't know that you're that spiritual. He's I deep. I love it. Yeah. Oh my Thank God, you. he's smart. I like oh, it. Oh, God is good. Have you guys known each other in a long time? 
Ah. We are like you've known of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're in the same industry. We're moving around and stuff like that. Because I sent him, I sent him a DM uh, a couple days ago of your Instagram. I was like, "Get her! I need her on the show." And I was like, like, "Bro, she's like ten feet away from me right now, or whatever it was." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Boom, done." (laughs) You know, one of the other things I wanted to say too, like for me, with this kind of what I believe is an awakening, you know. Because these things are happening all around the world. I think the pandemic woke people up too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I dream about is like a world where those agitators who have a lot of power are like, all right, we're going to war. And like, these people just did this to us and we're going to fight. And like, I just dream about a world where people are like, no, no. Yeah. Like, no, thank like, you. <laughs> like, nah, nah, we're just yeah. going to not go to war. <laughs> And we're going to just like, you you can talk all you want. And we're just like me and a dude are on a battlefield. And we're like, we're just not going to kill each other. Right. And let's see what happens. I think it comes from the lack of knowledge, you know, because I'll tell you what, before the military, I was like fanatic for real. I hated all Arabs, fuck them all, blah, blah, blah. And then I went in the military and I started getting inside Arab village and to do what I had to do. And then all of a sudden I saw human beings and i was like what are they human beings i was really surprised back at the time and it made me change my mind really absolutely absolutely i I was looking for ways to do peace yeah before october 7th good to people before october 7th absolutely because on october 7th there were a lot of innocent people that broke inside israel and started shooting my innocent people and I feel like it's not very innocent. And yeah. to be honest, if I need to choose my people over theirs, I'll choose mine every single day of the week. Mm. Is, yeah. there a, is there an end in sight over there? Like, has well, it gotten any better? No, absolutely it's no. The same. No, like on Monday there was like range day, and I'm waiting for Shacho range day like all the year. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, we're going to shoot all these firearms, and I'm going to see all my friends. And I was getting ready. I opened Instagram and I saw 21 soldiers that were killed, and I was like, mm. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, it's not getting better. It's getting Sadly. worse, and we have so many people in captivity, and the world is silent. Yeah, because the coverage—I don't see it. Uh, even the posting on Instagram, yeah. like we did. Yeah, right. October, November was it, it, it was, was shut down. Yeah, and, and it's I going think... to be like with Ukraine at the, the beginning of the war. Where everyone was, oh yeah, we stand with Ukraine. The war is still going on, and yeah. nobody does nothing. Dudes are getting slaughtered right now. Slaughtered, freezing, freezing to death. Their families have left. They're being forgotten and they're being slaughtered. And I just, I know that. I know that feeling is horrible. Now, does our country step in at some point or not? I hope not, man. You know, I, I hope. Do you that... hope not, or do you hope so? Uh, I hope for a solution in yeah. some kind of way. Yeah. In my imaginary world, we all live in peace. We eat hummus and shawarma together, yeah, let's and go. everything's fine. Some philosophy. Seems like so easy, right? You're right. Yeah. When I yeah. meet. Arab people, we are like, oh, you are my cousin. Yeah, we, we are yeah. friends. And then they send me to war against them. And I'm like, yeah, no, why? I'll... For what? Yeah, I remember for me when I woke up, I, we were clearing houses. We are doing what we do. You know, take the family, put them in, put them in the living room. We're going to search the house. We're doing what we do. And I, um, this, this dad came out and he was like yelling at me. And he was like, like he was upset and, and it was fine because we were doing what we do. And like, you know, imagine me like a 19 year old with like a skeleton painted on my face with a rocket up on my shoulder. I got C4, I got a, I got my AR and I got my M16. I got, I'm like ready to fight. And he's like yelling at me and he's like, we are better off under Saddam. And I'm like, well, huh? 
And I'm like, bro, like he's the bad guy. And he looks at me and he's like, Saddam protected us. Saddam, you know, took care of us. There was stability in, 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 in here and da, 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 da. You, you will go back to California. My family, my wife, my children will be like taken into captivity and I will be slaughtered. And when you leave, da, 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 da. And I'm like looking at him and I'm like, bro, we're coming here to give you freedom. And he looked at me with a look of like, you actually believe that? Wow. And and at that moment, like, he was like, that's what you believe in. I, like, when the truth, when, like, the truth, it's a frequency for me. Like, mm-hmm. when someone says something and, like, there's a truth, you don't have to defend the truth. Yeah. Like, no, you did that. This is what happened. Like, it, like, and I just was like, yeah. And he was like, that's what you think you're doing here? And, and it just, it, like, wrecked me for a minute. Really? And I was like... Well, we're looking for weapons of mass destruction. I see dudes in huts and like flip flops. I ain't seen anything yet. You know what I mean? And I started right. to like, like, like start to process. Right. Like, yeah, sure, there were terrorists, and we showed up, and the whole police department was slaughtered, and all this crazy stuff had happened. But I started to kind of be like, man, I don't know the truth, and I am here doing these things. And then I just remember I, I got back in the vehicle with my squad, who I was in charge of, and I just was like, dude. I was like, we need to fight for each other and we need to get back home. And I love the Iraqi people, you know, like they, we would go into their houses and they would give us like chai and Samoon and judge and like take care of us. And yeah, some blocks they would be trying to kill us and stuff like that. But like there's, there's a humanity you start to experience when you're on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the last night when we pulled out, my unit was leaving to go back. Every politician that we fought to get, um, to get elected in order to give them freedom, all either got assassinated or resigned in one night. Really? And then we left. And I was just like, nah, bro. Like, yeah, man. Meanwhile, some some guy at Lockheed Martin's making a few trillion on a sock deal for us Marines to go. Home. Right, right, right. To, you know, to, you know, and, and these guys on are, a sock deal. Yeah, like yo, I supply the Marines with socks. That's why I'm driving them Lamborghini. Right, right, you know, right, like, right. And meanwhile, me and my guys are thinking about honor and all these things, and we're out here like. So when I think about all these people that are flooding our nation, like a lot of them have good reasons to say death to America and the American people would never do a lot of the things that the military has done if they, they really, really knew, but I don't, I don't want to say too much, but you know, so that's, that's kind of where my mind goes and yeah. So no, that was when I started to wake up and kind of be like, you know what, I'm, I'll fight a war, but I'll fight my war. I'll fight. If they come here, if they come here, then it's game on. Right. But I'm not letting anyone ever tell me again, that's the bad guy. Go fight that guy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, no. Mm. This is sad. This yeah. is sad because when you and I sit and talk, we yeah. understand it. And a lot yeah. of people understand it. Yeah. And we want a balanced solution, but we feel like it will never happen. I think about all the kids that lost their parents. Oh, Just imagine terrible. one day your father is going to war yeah. and getting killed. Yeah. yeah. He was here like yesterday. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And so many kids in Israel are in this situation right now. And so many people are devastated. Yeah. And I feel so bad for my... I feel bad for the, for the world. But yeah. I do feel very bad mm. for my people because we just want to live in peace. Mm-hmm. We just want to raise our children. We don't want to go to war. Nobody wants to fight. And we are fucking fighting. This is sad. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh. And that algorithm on Instagram is relentless, man. Instagram knows that I oh, I yeah. have two cats. It knows <laughs> I post about cute little cats all the yeah. time, and it can't wait to feed me 
Cats in Israel blown up. Cats in like it's like uh, what, what the, the fuck, fuck are you guys doing to me? I have mentioned Stop things. Stop it. I have mentioned I, I I there was a product I was with some people and they had one of these massagey things and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. Like it feels really good." I open up Instagram, commercial for massagey thing. And I literally I didn't even know what the name of it was. I'm like, "The NSA, who yeah. is this?" Yeah. And I'm like, "What do they got?" Like, yeah, it's always watching. Yeah. You know, I think the change starts with us. Like yeah. Everyone that healed their traumas and healed their lives, it starts with them. Because yeah. I know that after the, I went through this healing process yeah. and understanding what I went through and I worked on my impulsive behavior, yeah. I became a better person. Mm. I'm able to speak to you about people that I should hate mm -hmm. and respect them because yeah. I know that they are human beings. So right. I just believe that if there is even one person that listened to this podcast and yeah. going and like healing their own trauma and wounds, yeah. I think this is really helping the world. Yeah, and I think the conversation we're having is powerful as well because it helps people understand. I think that, like you said, ignorance is the problem. Exactly. And um, the prince of darkness, like if you really look at what that statement means out of the Bible, like the prince of darkness, and when you talk about Satan and things like that, I won't get too crazy on you, but... Um, my people perish for lack of knowledge. When you don't really mm. understand something, like the less awareness you have in your finances, the more money you just lose and you don't realize it. The less awareness you have about what you're eating, the more you're like fat and you don't realize why you keep gaining weight. The less awareness you have. And, mm -hmm. and darkness is a word that's used for a lack of awareness. It's ignorance. And so when you don't have that awareness, you can be you can be um, activated behind a lot of these causes that like they just come through the TV and the social engineering starts and now we're supposed to be mad about this and now we're supposed to da da da. And so people are being like activated that don't have any type of uh, psychological or kind of software to defend against that. Um, and so like, like I tell my, my civilian friends when they wanna have all of these opinions about things they see on TV, I'm like, you literally, you literally can't know what is actually happening and what I know is that those are people over there suffering. I was in Singapore on a security detail and I was, there was a CNN um, news station nearby, right? And they were having like a party at this bar we were hanging out at. And this is already after I went to war in Iraq and I saw what we did versus what was reported. And I had, you know, chicks in Huntington Beach calling me a baby killer. And I'm like, what the uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. called me too a baby killer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is fucking crazy. It's insane. We have su such strict rules to, like, to open fire and they call us baby killers. Yeah, this yeah. is fucking madness. Yeah. What the news show and what we go through is a completely different thing. It's, it's like, fucking crazy. It's literally creative writing. So wow. I'm sitting here. I, I, will, I would like to ask you, sorry for interrupting. Yeah you does your um like do your news channels they show about israel like all the kidnapped people no. the the, well, the, the one-year-old baby that is still in hamas captivity that our women are being pregnant in hamas captivity do they show these things i'm not sure yeah, to be honest. i, I don't say, really want do you know george yeah, as of recently yes okay. like if you if you hit like the major networks they're gonna for sure touch on it but we're in an election cycle and then like literally they've been doing all the caucuses. So like it doesn't get shown a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would say so, that. Can the, I use this platform to remind people? Of course. Yes. I just want to remind people that we still have 136 people in captivity under the devil's hands. I talk, I, I talk with you about people that are being tortured. Our women being raped. My sisters are being raped 
in Hamas captivity and the world does nothing. We still have a baby, one-year-old baby and his whole family in Hamas captivity. And we are losing people every single day. While we're sitting here, there are people who fight in Gaza and losing their life for a stupid, for a stupid cause. Yeah. Yeah. Like for, for a terror group and for a government. And we just want to live in peace and we, we need... I don't know, like if there's politicians or, or people with power that can help and get them out of there, because this is fucking madness. It's yeah. over three months that they're in captivity and there is nothing we can do about it. Kfir Bibas is only one year old baby. Mm. He celebrated his first birthday in Hamas captivity. I, I, I cannot understand it. My brain cannot understand it. This is mm. fucking madness. Yeah. I, I just feel so sorry for my people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tragic. And it's the reason. That it could have been me. 100%. Mm-hmm. It could have been me. They broke into homes, like civilian homes. Yeah. They, they kidnapped people from their bed. Yeah. It could have been me. Yeah. There are like 20 years old girls there that yeah. are being raped. Yeah. They're I pregnant right now. Yeah. Instagram's crazy things. Like, yeah. come on, I mean, just, uh, well, just crazy. I think one of the problems with Instagram and with social media is that they show what's sensational. So what's happened, and you know, like we know, like I could post something about they found the cure for cancer, no one cares. <laughs> I post somebody getting shot in the face, like boom, everyone, you know what I mean? So um, the brain, the brain registers things that are dangerous and fear related much more, and so you get more eyeballs, but the algorithm doesn't help, right? Mm-hmm. But the, one of the things I wanted to say is this is a fact that she's talking about that doesn't make good content, right? And so... Right. Uh, showing the bombings going off uh, that they're doing right now that does make good content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so right now the internet is being riddled with like, you know, all the, the victims only on one side of the conflict and people are forgetting why the entire scope of the conflict, which is, okay, you want us to stop? Give us back our hot, give us We back offered them. We offered them a ceasefire. Absolutely. They didn't want, they didn't accept it. Yeah. They said they want 100 terrorists over one it's always uh, a kidnapped cr- person. It's person. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I I cannot understand it. They want like one one thousand people uh, terrorists for our people. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's a beautiful. It's a very very well done psyop because it's like um, the longer what they is psyop sorry psychological operation. Oh, and so. Um, them holding on and Israel continuing to bomb and all these images and things coming out of the conflict that look one-sided as if they're beating them up is is designed to turn the tide in terms of the public opinion of Israel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll make them look like the bad guy and that stuff will keep coming out and people will forget about the fact that there are still people in, that both sides are in a, are actually locked into combat. Because right now it's like, oh, Israel, just why don't they stop doing this? This is so terrible. But it's because people don't have all the information. To and you know that Hamas is hiding happening. behind civilians. Oh, yeah. They're, they're in hospitals. They're, they're in, them in schools. Hospitals, yeah. What do you expect us to do? I really ask you. Like, if they're innocent people, yeah. Egypt should open the border and let their Islamic brother get, run away, right? Why do they close the border? They yeah. close the border. They live there in Gaza. People want to run away from Gaza and they leave them inside Gaza. They won't let them out because they use their women and children as human shield. Wow. And we have to defend ourselves. What can we do? Right. Yeah. yeah. You can't win. Exactly. Yeah. Because they blame us for, for killing innocent people and innocent people for sure being killed. Mm. But what do we want us to do? 
are they like we cannot touch them because they're hiding behind civilians and you know that when when our air force strike a building they check if there are civilians inside if there are civilians inside they won't shoot mm. it's it's fucking crazy mm -hmm. it's fucking crazy yeah no it's it's it, it, it war is hell and that's why i just I, I absolutely hate it. And that's also why there need to be competent, strong people. Because yeah. the reality is we're all, just, we're all just victims if we don't have... Like one of the emblems for the protector nation is the steel-faced warrior. And he's ready to go to battle. He has his armor on, but he's got one teardrop. Mm -hmm. And it's because he understands the, mm -hmm. the, the tragedy of having to do, do war and but the reality is as long as there are evil people we must be better at war than them exactly and that's the reality you know and you know i'm a christian there's plenty in the bible where where um the thing that stops evil is competent good people who are better at war and when god wants to send get something done on the planet he sends people do you have a podcast yeah it's called Warrior Spirit. It's in Hebrew, and I'm trying to expand it to English, but oh. <laughs> I'm still working on it. But yeah, I love to. I love my podcast. It's the best thing I've ever done in my whole career. Because yeah. I help others, like you know, w with their mental health, and I, mm -hmm. uh, I host like therapists and really interesting people, and this is the best thing I've ever done. How long have you been doing it? Four months. Oh wow! Yeah, and you love it. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, she's got an amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think. It, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you want me to talk yeah, about it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> okay, we have time? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. okay, I'm down. Um, so I'm Maureen. I'm from Israel. I'm almost 30. Um, I'd like to, st I always love to start my story from the point that I understood that what the world sold me was a lie. I mm. thought that when I'll be famous and rich, I'll be happy. I really believed in it. And when I got to Survivor Show Finals, the dream came true, right? I was famous. The makeup artist was doing my makeup and everyone was like, Oren, Oren, can I get a picture with you? And I was so famous. And then I was the most miserable I've ever been in my really? entire life. Yeah, I, over my head, it was like, I want to die, I want to die. And I didn't understand. I thought like, when I'll be famous, I'll be happy. What's going on? And during this time, I also gave up on romantic relationships because it, it was like almost five, well, five years ago. Um, and I've always been in a very violent romantic relationships mm. and I didn't realize why. And I thought like, okay, m all men are, um, bad. bad. Yeah. Violent, violent like meaning yeah. he was abusive with yeah. you, to hitting you. Yeah. That's what I okay. thought that every man is like this. Um, and I told Byron that I think that the moment I gave up, God was like, now it's your turn <laughs> like yeah. this. Mm. Uh, and he sent me my husband. And now it sounds like a fairy tale that the prince came and saved me, but it's not the point at all. Um, I'm PT I have PTSD. And when my husband came into my life, I was really, really miserable. And I suspected him. Why does he want to be with me? Oh, like wow. in a real relationship and why he's not yelling at me. This is very weird. So we started dating and we were very in love. And after two, two months of dating, he told me, give me your phone. And I said, Oh, no privacy no no thanks god he took my phone and he saw that i was talking to another man behind his back and he asked me the most simple question no one asked me before why why would you do it i looked at him and i said don't you speak with girls behind my back i thought that this is how a relationship should go and he's like no orin i love you why would i do it you said you love me why would you do it and then i started thinking wait 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 <laughs> do i have 
a few powers within me. On the one hand, I love him so much. I want to be with him. On the other hand, I hurt him so much. I, I said to him, listen, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing here, but I swear to you that I'll tell you the truth no matter what. And for a girl that grew up in hiding and lying, the truth will always be a very scary thing. But I was trying because it was very, very important for me. And I think this was the first time that my, my intuition worked. Um, by this time, I was pulling my hair very aggressively all the time, like all the time. And I didn't understand how I cannot control my hands. I was like, oh, I'm so impulsive and I'm fucked up. I'm helpless. Why can't I control my hands? And I went to the best source of all, Google, and I wrote, mm. pulling my hair aggressively. And I found out that there is a name to it. It's called trichotillomania. And on the website, it said, you probably have a big secret that you never told anyone before, and the body needs a way to take it out. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, thought that, <laughs> I thought like, oh, so the way to heal is like, to talk about my secret. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my secret. I am ashamed mm -hmm. and I feel guilt and disgust mm -hmm. by my story. I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I thought that if there is a name to it, there's probably a solution, maybe a medicine or something. That's yeah. what I thought. And I went to a therapist and I, I told them that I, I want to like get over it. Yeah. I went to like, I think four or five therapists and I felt horrible. I felt like I'm stepping on my wounds and no, nothing helped. And I was like, the fuck, how do, how do I get healed? And then I wrote on Google, sexual abuse in childhood. Mm. Um, and then I understood so very superficially that if you talk about your trauma, mm -hmm. you're healed. Yeah. I, very superficially. Sure, sure. I didn't understand all the healing process and stuff. Mm. And I said, okay, I'm pretty famous in Israel. I'll go talk about it in the news. Yeah. Um, so I went to the news and I said, I was abused. I was raped. I didn't say who it was or when it was. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started getting all many messages from people saying, me too, me too, me too. I was abused. I was wow. raped. And I was like, yeah. whoa, do I, found, do, do, do I, I find something. Something meaning? In yeah. some, what's going on? And then um, I, I said, okay, I want to give lectures about it. Now, back in the time, I was really antisocial. Like mm. sitting with you and making a conversation was like, whoa, super hard for me. Because mm. so you don't want to open up to people. I, I was very introvert. Yep. Yes, I held everything inside. Yep. Um, and then uh, I went to a, a woman that built lectures. And she said to me, she, she saw that I didn't process my trauma. And she said to me, I want you to go to this therapist. I said to her, no, listen, I'm helpless. There's nothing that can help me. I already tried everything. Everything. It, everything. I tried everything, I tried everything <laughs> yeah, and nothing yeah. helped. I'm just helpless. And she was like, but I give you a gift so you can go. I yeah. said, okay, it's just an hour for my time. I'll go. I remember going to this therapist for one session. I called my husband. He was my boyfriend back in time. And I told him, Gal. I am shocked. Life was so simple and nobody told me. <laughs> this amazing therapist, uh, she just explained to me, this is the behavior, this is where it came from, and this is the way to solve it. By the way, in America, there's no way they would have given you that all of that info in one session. One session. They <laughs> would have stretched Minimum you out. six months. Uh, at least six um, months. And they get paid. You should listen to podcasts. I shit on therapists <laughs> yeah, because right. I always say it's a conflict of interest. They charge yeah, you by the hour. It's not in their best interest to solve your problems in right. that one session. And they absolutely can. So I love hearing that. I didn't mean to interrupt you, <laughs> no, but no, go this ahead. Is, it's yeah. awesome to hear. Trying so, to get paid. Um, <laughs> I was really shocked. And I said, okay, 
now I can heal my life. And uh, one of the therapists I went before I went to this therapist told me, you should forgive your abuser. And I was really fucking mad about him. I was like, forgive him? Were you there when I was abused, sexual abuse for years? Were you there? Were you there when I cried for help, when I cried for God and he didn't help me? Were you there? How can you tell me to forgive? But the day after he said it to me, I was like, this is interesting, all this forgiveness thing. What mm -hmm. does he mean? Yeah. And I went to the new therapist that I went to and I said this to her and she asked me, she, she asked me to tell, him, to tell her my story. So I started telling her, I grew up in Ramat Gan to what looks to what look to outsiders as a great loving family but no one knew that i was sexually abused by my father for years mm -hmm. from the age of seven until the age of 17. Mm -hmm. um and i and she she asked me where, where is your father today and i told her he passed away from cancer like almost 10 years ago and she said you know something really interesting i've heard that men that die early from cancer probably had a big secret that they never told anyone before and this is how the body reacts to mm -hmm. these things and then I had a f weird feeling inside of me a new feeling I've never felt before and it was compassion mm -hmm. then it wasn't like an excuse for what he he've done to me he has done to me but I can understand that he was a child that was abused a hundred percent Every abuser was a child that was abused and 100%. never took care of it. Yep. And and he was abusive to your mom too, physically? Absolutely, yeah. for the whole right. family. Which is why you thought that's how exactly. men are. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, when I grew up, and I didn't understand... Guys, dated guys that were in that spectrum. Right. Exactly. Right. And when I grew up, I didn't understand like that something wrong happened. You know, it's, it's, it's my father. This is the way I grew up. He explained to me that every father do it to his daughter. That's what I thought. Just by the age of 10, I understood that something is wrong when I got to the hospital and the social worker told me what happened to you can only happen if someone else touches you, who touched you. And I felt like a superhero. I was 10 and I sit in front of her and I told her I did it to myself. And she said, no way, sweetie. Mm -hmm. This could happen only happen if someone else is touching you. And I was like, no, 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 it was me. She didn't know that my father gave me instructions before I went to the room. He said that if I'll tell the social worker anything, he will go to jail. The whole family will be torn apart. My siblings will be in the streets. My mother will cry. And the whole fucking family is on the shoulders of a 10-year-old girl. Wow. And I felt like a superhero mm -hmm. in, in this you know, conversation. And after a few days in the hospital, I thought to myself, if she says that only... If someone else touched me, it can happen. Why doesn't she do anything? Mm. Mm -hmm. No, nobody can help me. Mm. If my mother is not helping me, my siblings are not helping me. Social worker, teachers, no one helps me. Probably no one can help me. Mm. I'm probably alone in it. And then it it kept going for years like this. And I just put it here. It wasn't rape. Rape. It was sexual harassment. Mm. Um, and then. People gotta understand for so the this awful things to happen to me. My father had to use like really bad mental manipulations. Right. He was religious, mm. and he said that God loves him, and I hated God for it. Mm. I didn't believe in God. I said if God loves my my father, I hate God. Yeah. And and then the world asked me, 
to choose do you hate your father or do you love your father because on during the day i had an amazing father he was providing he was warm dead and then during the night he was my devil so i grew up to two realities and i was very confused should i love him or should i hate him mm-hmm. and and this whole confusing uh life to grow in i i really felt that it was my fault and i was only seven when it's from what i remember it was i was only seven when it started um And then it, it kept going for years. And I think like when I got 17, 17 in a few months, uh, he got cancer. Mm. And he passed away when I was 19, when I was in the military. Um, and when I recruit, at first, I was in a desk roll job. I had low medical profile. I mm. had uh, inactive asthma. And the, the military thought that it's still active. And I wanted to be a combat soldier. I remember in the basic training that I held a gun with, for, for the first time. And I was like... I can defend myself yeah. whoa no nobody yeah. ever defended me t- f- before now I can defend myself I'm strong mm. I have uniforms I have yeah. begun on me this is what I understood yeah. and I want to become a combat soldier and then I started like fighting the system for one year to move to combat role and I managed to move to the search and rescue unit in August 2013 um, my father passed away a few months before it and he didn't want me to be a combat soldier of course, of course. but he When it, so I did it behind his back, but when I came to tell him that I did it because he was almost dying, he said to me, "You should always do what you want to do, even if I tell you no." And this was the first wow. time yeah, mm. this was the very first time I heard something like this from him, and I took it with me, and I was like, "No matter what, I'll be a combat soldier." And then I, re- I moved to the search and rescue unit. and I fell in love with the military, and I thought that I'm going to be my whole life in the military. Um, but then my commanders thought that I was really good and they wanted to be they wanted me to be a commander and I didn't believe in myself right. I really believed I was lazy and bad at everything wow. I had really low self value yeah. absolutely I fucking hated myself because of the thing that I went through I, I was raised to be like a tool not a human being with uh, with how do you say it? like Value, um, value, value exactly personal identity Ex- exactly yeah. I, I just thought that I'm I, I tricked them I, I had like the imposter syndrome yeah and then they sent me to a commander course and I did everything in my power to fail on the one hand I really wanted to become a commander yeah. and I wanted to be my whole life in the military on the second hand I wanted to prove them wrong I, I didn't yeah. want them to believe me because it puts a lot of responsibility on my shoulders yeah um, and then I, I broke my leg in the mm. end of the of the commander course and And I went like to to rest for two months, and they asked me, "Do you want to go back to your desk role job?" And I was like, "No, I didn't went to I, I didn't move to combat role to to go back to desk yeah. role job." And I was looking for somewhere in the military when there were well, my English is like, "No, you're perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah. Um, and I was looking for for a place like a role in the military that were there were no women before. And I heard that in the front squad of the battalion commander, there, there are only men. And when I hear only men, I'm like, oh, no way. And now you see me with nails and hair, and this is exactly how I was as a soldier. I was like very pretty and very feminine, and this was a very masculine place. So I went to the battalion commander. He's very high rank, and I was very rude. You know what chutzpah is? Yeah, yeah. You probably yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of chutzpah. It means yeah. like I was really rude. So I yeah. came to his office and I said, I want to be in your front squad. And he looked at me and he said, 
Listen, honey, you're, you're sweet, really, but I, I need lions in right, my right, front right. squad. We yeah. are going inside Arab villages. We do crazy stuff. I need men in my front squad. No damn way. Get out. And I was like, oh, really? I can take you on my back and run with you wherever you want. Just let me prove you. And he was like, get out. <laughs> but I was really consistent. <laughs> I yeah. came back to his office like every single day. Mm -hmm. And then I told him, just give me one chance and I'll prove it to you. And he gave me a chance. He said to me, you have one month. If you're not good, you're out. And then, thanks God, I stayed there for like almost eight, nine months until the end of my service. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. We did crazy things. And then from the very introvert, scared child that I was, I became very aggressive and mm. violent. Okay. I had really the, the yeah. opposite extreme. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. And then I got out of the military and I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, what am I doing now? More and PTSD. It, oh, a lot of PTSD. <laughs> wow. Time to try to PTSD adapt. was celebrating. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but during this time, Instagram just started and I started like posting pictures of myself being pretty with uniforms yeah. and Americans went crazy over right. me. <laughs> yeah. And they asked Which me... Which is why I sent him a DM and said, get her on the show. <laughs> You're so easy, American. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here we this are. This is the real G.I. Jane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I started like posting on Instagram and I started like gaining followers and I, I, you know, I wanted to study something. I wanted to get a degree and I, I looked at all the categories and I'm like nothing is interesting for me mm. nothing and i felt jealous of all the people that have like good job and and they love it i thought they love yeah. it and i thought that everyone is so happy just i'm the only one that is sad <laughs> yeah and and then i felt like there is no place for me on earth and on mm -hmm. earth a lot of veterans I, go through that it's fucking crazy yeah, and when they get out and and this is the thing that i just started like shooting all over i i studied dba database administration and i studied like fitness instructors horse riding instructors, range instructors, everything. I did fucking everything and nothing felt right. Mm -hmm. Just when I, when, I, when I was at the range and yep. people took pictures of me, I felt good. Yep. And I didn't realize, and the world didn't realize, why would a nice, gentle girl like me mm -hmm. <laughs> would love firearms so much? And every time uh, a TV channel like, came to me and said, what do you do? I said, like, I'm a gun model. And this is such a horrible thing. <laughs> but back then it was like still like it wasn't what it is now. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Now it's like gun bunnies. Okay. Yes, you know? Right. Yes. But back then it was like still like a new kind sure. of thing. Sure. Yes. You know? it, uh, she created the category. She may have, yeah. yeah, you know. And, and I'm like, I wanted to be, I, I wanted people to see how professional I am. And that I take yeah, courses yeah. and I shoot with, with Terran Tactical. And I, I, I really wanted the world to see me. But all they saw were my clothes. And I dressed really provocatively. Yeah. Um, and then I was still very miserable and life was super hard for me. And it doesn't matter how famous I was or how money I made. I was miserable and I made, uh, I made so many enemies. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. I, uh, like all I wanted, of course, was people yeah. to love me. Yeah. But I did things like to please them, right? Like people pleaser. And I got the, the exact opposite, opposite result. It's crazy. Um, and my and and I didn't understand that you cannot get the whole world to like you. Right. And I thought that everyone should love me. I am amazing. I'm a kind human being. How do you, how don't you love me? Yeah, yeah. And I met a lot of enemies back then. 
Of course. And I and I started like you know thinking, is there a place in the world that I'll be happy? Like something external can help me? Mm. No, the answer is absolutely no. And going back to my beautiful husband that came into my life and really healed my heart, mm. he he wasn't like, I'll do whatever you want, I'll help yeah. you. No, 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 no. He was masculine and Mm -hmm. he said boundaries and and every time i wanted to go out of my home like when we argued at first the first year was really hard because i was drama queen yeah um (laughs) like crazy this is one of you could say that yeah yeah yeah, but this is like one of um one of the the things that ptsd people have they need drama to feel alive yeah like peace is boring exactly exactly For and me, it was drugs and steroids. But yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, was just, I just need fuck. dopamine, dude. I was just like literally in civilian life, and I was like, nerf. This is all like childproof scissors. Like, nerf. Like, I need to like lift thousands of pounds to be like nice and like cool. And like, I just, and so for me, it was just like, yo, I'm going to do party drugs, and I'm going to party hard, right. and I'm going to live fast as I can. And it took me years to realize like, yo, this is your Pump version of PTSD. You're yeah. not at war anymore. Yes. You need to figure out how to be a Lamborghini in a school zone. Like, yeah, uh-huh. you went fast and hard, but like now you need to figure out Control. like how to drive at 25 exactly. miles an hour and not kill yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what happens, man. Yeah. It's and only I, in the inside. This wow. is the whole thing. All the story. And yeah. then um, I started like going to therapy and it was uh, three years ago. And I'm talking about it, I'm talking about it so freely yeah. now. It's good. And it, it only started like three years ago. And I, the the thing that I love the most is therapy, and this is why I promote mental health. Yeah. And I talk about my story very openly because I want people to understand that it's not their fault what they've been through, but it's their responsibility Response. to to heal their life. Yeah. And about the forgiveness thing, um, the crazy thing is that I really thought that I forgave because when my father was almost dying and the monitor was one second before it stopped i yelled at his body i forgive you so why am i still carrying my father the trauma and everything on my back with chains why is it why this trauma is making my decision and not me for so many years in your body is yeah i thought i forgive what the fuck mm. and they understood something really important I thought I forgave from the, for the wrong reasons. First, I wanted to be a good peop- a good person, right? And yeah. good people forgive immediately. Mm-hmm. And good people forgive. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to to be a good pe- uh, person. I need to forgive. Second, I didn't want to go through all this healing process, and I didn't want to understand what I went through. And going back to all what I went through, and all the the therapists told me. We need to go back to your childhood. And I was like, no, 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 no. I forgave, but, yeah. leave it. No, no, no need. And you cannot forgive without going back. Um, and the third thing is that people around me wanted me to forgive in order for them to move on. They mm-hmm. didn't care about me. They yeah. wanted to feel they okay. They needed it. Exactly. Yeah. They wanted to feel okay with themselves so they can move on with it. Yeah. And then I understood. I cannot forgive my father for the actions. I can only forgive him for the damage he caused me. I forgive my father for all the bad romantic relationship I have, all the hate towards myself, for the fact that I didn't know how to listen to myself and my intuition and to trust myself. I forgive my, my dad for all the night paralysis, the nightmares, the, the body diseases that I had. I forgive my father for the damage he caused me, not the actions, because the actions are already done. We cannot, mm. uh, it yeah. cannot be undone, right? Mm. We need to forgive the damage. And yeah. If someone is listening to us, 
pull up your sleeves and yeah. look at your scars and tell me what's the damage. And then you can start working on forgiveness. Because yeah. yeah. you cannot forgive the action. The action was already done. The, yeah. action, the action is just the action. You need to forgive the damage. And, it's, and the crazy thing is that I didn't understand. Like, nobody tells us how to forgive, right? Yeah. In Judaism, Christianity, Islam, they tell us forgive and you will feel great. Mm. Be like water. And I'm like, what the fuck? How do yeah. I forgive? And I, really, I started Googling how to forgive. No yeah. answers. Yeah. And then I just stood. It's not how you forgive; it's why to forgive. Yeah, exactly. Like f- my father passed away ten years ago. Like the deals that he had with God, it's nothing of my interests. But I want to forgive in order to heal my life, in order to be able to make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. So I gave this trauma almost twenty-seven years of my life. Yeah. That's enough. For sure. I, I don't want my father to, to keep hurting me every day f- by controlling my decisions yeah. the way yeah. I see the world. And f- three years ago, if you would talk to me, I would say, life is horrible. Oh, my God, I'm so miserable. And now I love life. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, we are going what through... What a transformation. Crazy. Uh, my, my husband said like, that I'm like uh, Dragon Ball Z, you know? It's like yeah, when yeah. he's just... Super <laughs> sane. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, the, the thing well, is that... It wasn't like fun, and I want to emphasize it. The yeah. healing process wasn't fun. No, I was crying. Sure. I was going through really hard time, night it's paralysis. A it's a lot of work, yeah. but it's the best work I've ever done. Because yeah. my whole life Good for you. looks different. Yeah. I have meaningful relationships. I trust people. Why I trust people? Not because I think that you won't hurt me. I just know that I can trust myself. Right. And if I can trust myself, I can trust others. Yeah. I know that if someone hurt me and I gave them my trust... I'll be in pain and right. I'll cry and I'll, I'll get over it. Yeah. Eventually I get over it. Yeah. And it will be another life lesson for me, how to become better for myself and others. Yeah. And this is the way I can trust others. And, and, and all of a sudden when you like take, take out like the big stones of your uh, trauma, life becomes so much easier. And you can't amazing. You can't rob a naked man. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Ed Calderon, I see you, bro. I see you, boy. Um, uh, last question. We gotta wrap up. I have a question. For, for, have you ever thought? Would you ever do like? I feel like you could be the next big action star. Yeah, movie. in the movies. Movie, Is this movie, anything movie. you'd have any interest in? Uh, I I will not say no, but I will say that I want to be a mother. Okay. I, I feel like I'm ready because I didn't want to have kids because I understood the generational trauma and I thought that I would be an right. awful mother, but now I know that I will be an amazing mother. So can't we just bang out a couple of movies, like a, 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 big, <laughs> movie, a big movie and a sequel and then get some kids going? Okay, no? okay. Up, if man. they're like Hollywood producers, I might know a guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. calling oh. Randall Emmett immediately. <laughs> oh right. my gosh. Um, go. And I mean, then I have a final question. And thank you for sharing all of that. You're really you amazing. And I have one last question for you on those same good. lines. Yeah. If there was a movie made about Byron Rogers. Oh my God, I would watch it. Who <laughs> plays you? Who plays me? Because I have an idea. Uh, maybe, um, what's his name? B. Mike. Uh, oh, me. Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I like that. I was feeling uh, he, needs to, he needs to hit the weight room if he's going to be an accurate portrayal. <laughs> but it's Lenny Kravitz all day. Yeah, no? Yo, Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I feel that's like what's Isn't he a Bahamian star. too? Isn't he a Bahamian yeah. as well? Yeah. And then we both got that kind of like gypsy yeah. kind of thing going. That's yeah. what's up, man. No, yeah. man, no, no Will Smith? from the same parts. No. no. Will Smith is on my shit list. Now. No. Oh, no. no. 
God bless sorry, him. I'm sorry. I don't I understand. Just, yeah, okay, he real, anyways, <laughs> he lost him. me with the smack. You Although know. I do want to see the I Am Legend sequel, but whatever. Let's go, man. Yeah. And I think one of the really powerful things you said about that and your healing journey, everything is on a micro and macro. Yeah. So we talk about healing the world. Maybe there's a thought about that's how the world actually heals itself. Is Amen. Maybe it's we do somehow, somehow, you know, figure out how we can forgive the damage. Yeah. Because yeah. this is how blood feuds go on forever. Forgiveness yeah. is the best thing yeah. I've ever done Free. my entire life. Yeah. For real. Guys, I don't do too many. I've done, what, what show is this? 260-something? Yes. Let's go. Of substance, maybe four. Out of 260-something podcasts, maybe four had any substance, and this is one of them, and uh, I thank you both for coming by. It's an honor thank every you, single right. time, brother. I love you, man. You're the best. We just thank you. Love you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, George, take us home. <laughs> <laughs>